Dr. Josh. And Dr. Doug. And this is podcast number 17 for Atlas MD. So things have been going pretty well for us here. Um, had a med student actually with us uh, last month for the entire month, which was uh, really nice. Uh, the nice thing about our clinic, of course, having a little bit more time uh, with patients and between patients gives us plenty of time to do some teaching. Uh, she got to do uh, several really good procedures, walk through those, again, because we're not... Uh, uh, rushed, so uh, I think she walked away with a, a really good understanding of uh, how family medicine could be. Uh, really, I think uh, going to probably help drive her decision uh, into primary care. Uh, we have more uh, students coming in with us all the time, even some residents, uh, which is uh, wonderful. Uh, again, if you guys ever want to come and visit, see what we're all about, uh, we're more than happy to talk to you about uh, trying to set that up. Doctors, med students, uh, residents, uh, all are welcome, and we're even seeing some formal curriculum being added uh, into residency programs. We did a very um, uh, well-received webinar for primarycareprogress.org and had some nice feedback going there. We're uh, hearing about other residencies in North Carolina, adding a direct care component to some of the training, and we're participating with our local residency, Wesley Family Residency, to add in uh, for their business management month uh, education on direct primary care settings. So, so if any of you out there are, uh, if you are med students or you are residents, and uh, uh, or if you run a uh, uh, clinic or residency, and you want us to talk with some of your residents directly, uh, we can Skype in. Uh, we've done that several times. So again, if you would uh, if you would like to do that a little more personal uh, uh, kind of interview time, then we can uh, set that up. We've done it before and we love doing it. Yeah. So moving on, uh, there's been more developments in the last six to eight weeks in the direct care space than I think I've seen in the last six months, which is really exciting. Uh, we've had several meetings with uh, Assurant, a very large insurance company, of course, in all 50 states. They have a, a very similar business model insurance product in dentistry. And so they already see the value of a capitation type model, but without the paperwork for uh, low prices, but high quality care. So they're looking to see how they could uh, develop a wraparound product to sell alongside direct primary care, which will really help move us from a growing niche to the mainstream rather quickly, which is, is quite nice. So we've got uh, an employer, a fairly large employer in uh, Alabama that's uh, looking to do something with his uh, employees. Of course, um, some of the healthcare mandates, uh, large insurers uh, are, are putting a, a pretty big strain on his uh, ability to uh, manage a, a viable company. So he's going to come up and uh, talk with us about what can be done uh, for his employees. Uh, of course, we do uh, work with employers all the time to help them uh, find some options for health care for their patients, help them save money. Uh, you know, again, we've said it before, some of our, uh, some of the employers we've worked with have even been able to give raises uh, to their current employees or, or hire more and actually grow their company just by altering their health care because we all know in the grand scheme of things, you know, companies large and small, a significant portion of what they have to spend money on is health care. And obviously the direct care space improves that. Uh, even more interesting though is some conversations we've been having with a group that is 
working with ACOs across the country. Of course, the ACO model is struggling to be sustainable with the high cost of healthcare. And they are now very receptive to the concept of direct care moving in as the foundational uh, service model because of our ability to really decrease overhead by eliminating waste. So we turn that waste into margin. You're spending a lot of time and energy and effort on things that aren't providing value to the patients. Direct care uh, model goes in and again offers unlimited visits, no co-pays, free procedures, wholesale pricing on meds and labs, uh, etc. to really show those savings. So again, going from a, a niche to quickly a mainstream. Uh, we've said it before, we'll say it again, we feel confident that the majority of family physicians, uh, perhaps as high as 80%, will be in a direct care model in the next three to five years. So big updates to the uh, software. Uh, we'd already integrated uh, Fitbit tracking for uh, some activity for some of our patients, but actually integrated uh, human API. Uh, so that's uh, going to allow us to do things like uh, Nike, um, Jawbone, MyFitnessPal, RunKeeper, Withering, so blood pressure cuff scales, fitness apps, health tracking apps, all in advance of Apple's health book. So now the doctor-patient relationship is, is a two-way communication path. You, you can be collecting great data for us to manage your blood pressure, your fitness, or your calories uh, from home and integrate that with the chart so we can make actionable steps on that. And physicians, of course, you know, we, we like data. We like to see a lot of blood pressure numbers, a lot of uh, uh, scale entries. You know, if you weigh yourself every day, there's no reason that we can't integrate that into your chart so I can see if you start to have a, uh, a congestive heart failure exacerbation and your weight goes up or if you start to fall off the curve as far as your activity and, and we discussed uh, previously your, your exercise wants and needs but you're falling off. Is it because you're ill? Is it because your depression is worsening? You know, it, it really gives us the ability to um, really track what you're doing on a uh, whole new level yeah and we're and using technology uh you know already integrating email and text messages i mean why not use technology that's available with your doctors so that's the thing that especially uh, when we can piggyback on an article from last week that showed a california company saved three percent of their healthcare premiums or two hundred and eighty nine thousand dollars by providing fitbits to their employees for a voluntary exercise program and if that worked really well on a fitness device, imagine how well it would work when we are integrating blood pressures, medication trackers, scales, glucometers, so we're getting uh, very good data. So we look forward to adding more resources like that. And as you know, we, we tend to be uh, competitive just in our, our very nature. So a lot of times companies, if they provide Fitbits or if they have you know, these weight loss uh, kind of competitions to see, you know, a, a group of five people and you get several groups, who lost the most weight? You know, who's, who's the most fit and giving them bonuses or, or trips or, Game you know, theory. Yeah, you know, a, a pizza party for the most weight loss. Like so, in grade school. <laughs> so, you know, you can actually utilize some of that uh, to your advantage, whether it's for uh, employees or, you know, students. Game theory works very well for people. So today's main topic is specialists, and, and, and 
a, a prelude to that is a company that we're very excited to be working with called RubiconMD.com. And they are a, a group of physicians and business people who said there needs to be a better way to provide specialty care. And for a lot of our direct care providers, as they are either in or transitioning to a, a direct care practice, they worry about providing affordable specialty, specialty consults to their patients. So for a relatively flat, low rate, uh, they offer a you know broad network of either local or national specialists across a broad categories to have rapid access, not immediate, but but within 12 hours, so that uh, your direct care doctor could con- consult about your complicated migraines or heart condition or endocrinology results, so that we can have fewer overall specialty visits that are unnecessary because their data shows up to a 40% improvement in insurance costs because of decreased specialty referrals that are um, not high value visits. And that of course is good for the specialist too because that is uh, clogging their offices with visits that they can't charge for, bill for effectively because there's less uh, to do uh, when, when the the visit is unnecessary. So again, it's putting technology back in the hands of um, physicians, really, as as professionals, being able to interact with other people that have specific and specialty knowledge in a certain area. If I have a question about that, I could refer the patient to that specialist, take up some of their office time with something that might be a very simple question that they'd rather just answer via an email or text, uh, but still some way to compensate them for that. And so, if, and then, if nothing else, adequately prepare for a local specialty visit by having the right testing and imaging and paperwork done in advance. But also, it's a revenue system for the specialist too, which uh, is very nice as specialists start to consider a direct care model. Just last night, I spoke with uh, a geriatric psychiatrist and an internist out of Florida who were curious about how this would work for them and. Uh, we're always happy to show physicians and do free consulting, help them see how they could adapt our base model to meet their uh, specialty needs. And psychiatry works very well because it's essentially the original concierge model. You know, how you're paying for things, you know, outside of insurance, uh, how you're charging for things. Uh, but if you look at each different specialty, they might function differently. Uh, you might take something like dermatology that can be entirely just fee-for-service. There is no membership fee. Uh, Dr. Brown and... Kathleen Brown Mm -hmm. in uh, Oregon. She's been doing it uh, uh, very successfully. Uh, Somebody, though, like a cardiologist... uh, And and again, a dermatologist can see chronic conditions too, obviously, but uh, a cardiologist might be seeing a certain percentage of their patients chronically, but then still need to do just a a stress test or a specialty kind of a consulting visit that it's it's a one-time so membership would make less sense but a fee-for-service would. For primary care we often tell physicians we recommend against trying to do a fee-for-service and a consultant model uh, because it blurs the lines too much but for a specialist it works very well and again depending on the specialist we'll, we'll decide the mix uh, fee-for-service uh, testing, fee-for-service consulting, and then membership services. Uh, chronic care specialists like cardiology, pulmonology, endocrinology uh, will fit this model beautifully. 
an endocrinologist would find a, a fair price for their either patients overall or base it on age and for as little as $50 a month they could have a model almost identical to a direct care family uh, model because they're still providing valuable labs, expensive medicines, lots of uh, visits and, and care, but they're doing it so much more affordably. But a specialist is quick to say, look, I'm charging $200, $300 a visit now and struggling uh, to make ends meet under the current insurance-based system. How do I move into a $50 a month model and still expect a good income while seeing fewer patients and and really that's the beauty of the reciprocal income from a membership is you're already a specialist and you're already full of patients so you know there's a need you have two three four five thousand patients that are, are difficult to see you're going to lower that down and focus on 600 to a thousand patients but you're being paid every month you can lower your overhead down to one staff per physician or per two physicians. You need a smaller office space. You're not losing money because of misfiled claims that the insurance refuses to pay on. Now, you're, you're 95% of what you're doing is spent on patient care, so you can be very affordable, depending on the model and what you're doing, and offer the wholesale meds, offer the wholesale labs, um, extended visits, without being either overutilized, that's the fear, but also being profitable. And this also, you know, of course, this works very well in uh, pathology. Uh, Dr. Ryan Cole with Cole Diagnostics out of Boise, he's doing a, a wonderful job in this uh, fever service kind of a model. Uh, radiologists, of course, they can do this, you know, just a, a straight fever, fever service. service with, you know, reading x-rays. That's, you know, trying to trying to bill insurance and, and adding yet another uh layer into uh, the payment really of course it, it dilutes everything and that's that's the main problem so this really works with uh, so many different specialties that uh, uh, we if anyone has any questions about that we'd love to, to, to discuss it further I think the potential revenue is even higher for a specialist because you can see more people per physician. Family medicine, we affectionately say, is the messiest of all specialties because we could have anything come in, whether it's just a you know, cut finger from work or a depressive episode or a, an acute illness, but at least in endocrinology, it's going to be a little bit more scripted. Uh, pathology or radiology, you're, you're sitting there in the fee-for-service model waiting for those things to come in, but uh, there's a, a time flex. Uh, internal medicine would function more like uh, our DPC model, but they're not seeing children. So they can either keep their prices lower and make the same revenue or raise their prices based on the average age of their patients being higher and make a higher income. Uh, or if they want to be very affordable, like a, a physician we spoke to out of North Carolina who closed his practice earlier this year because of health reform complications, but still wants to practice. He wants to come out and be affordable and doesn't need to make as much income because he's 60. Kids are grown and paid off. So he's going to design his pricing to be slightly lower than the average practice because his focus is making it easier for his patients. So that ability to adjust the model to 
your community is a, a key and critical benefit. Yeah, it's integral. You know, finding, uh, as we've said before, uh, your health is priceless, but people still put a price on their health. So you need to make sure that whatever uh, price point you come up with is uh, is affordable and makes sense. It's a value to patients uh, if you want to be uh, successful uh, in this model. Correct. Uh, well, as always, thank you for downloading our podcast and listening. Always feel free to send in questions. Uh, Doug and I and, and Dr. Michael, who you heard last week, are more than happy to offer our consulting and advice free of charge. It's our way of giving back to the profession and paying it forward. So please feel free to email your questions or thoughts to us. Uh, you can reach us at hello at atlas.md. Again, hello at atlas.md. Uh, you can also register your practice at IWantDirectCare.com. Even if you're not actively practicing but you're thinking of it, you can register a clinic-specific page so you get your own unique URL to share and you can track the interest of people signing up on your map uh, so you can see the growth as you get closer to your launch date. Uh, we'd like to say congratulations to... A couple of doctors who launched earlier this month, uh, Julie Gunther, uh, Gunther. Gunther in Idaho, uh, congratulations, and uh, Joseph Shepard, who just finished his residency and went right into a practice in uh, Neosha, Missouri. So congratulations to those doctors for, for taking the leap. Well, thanks again, everyone, for listening, and uh, we'll do another one soon. Thanks.